Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word now. Now help us, Lord, to put every thought, every distraction, every urgency, Lord, every crying need out of our minds now as we go with you to the land of Israel in Ruth here, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you turn in your Bibles now to Ruth chapter two, verse 17. Ruth chapter two, verse 17. I know it's a hard book to find, but believe me, it's still there in your Bible. In the table of contents is the rescuer. Okay, Ruth chapter two, verse 17. So she gleaned in the field, this would be Ruth. She gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned. It was about an ephah of barley, and she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, the man is near of kin unto us, one of our kin's next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabite has said, he said unto me also, thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Now, in our last study, we were in this section here where Ruth, you remember, has just finished gleaning in the field of Boaz. And the picture of Ruth that we have here at the end of the day is painted so graphically for us in verse 17, where it says that she worked till the evening and she gleaned in the field until even and beat out that she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. From that verse, we can see clearly Ruth as she worked all day long to the point of exhaustion and now it's night. And now that it's night, when it comes, the evening breezes start there in the land, and, and those are used to separate the light chaff from the heavier grain. And so we see her here at night in verse 17. She's beating out the grain at night that she had gleaned, and it's amounted now. She's got about five gallons worth of barley there, about 20 pounds worth, and that's what she's gotten for her whole day's work. And now it's very dark at night. And she's, it's well into the night as we read here what she does next in verse 18. She took it up, went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She brought forth and gave her what she had uh, kept over from lunch. So Ruth was so tired, having worked all day long collecting in the fields, then into the night, beating out the grain. And when Ruth left the threshing, threshing floor there, as tired as she was, there's just a spring in her step. And she's walking home. She's carrying those five gallons of barley. She's so happy. She's so happy. She's so excited. She's saying, I just can't wait to show Naomi 
what I got. And we notice how the picture in verse 18 now carries us from the threshing floor into the city. And to Naomi, when it says in verse 18, she took it up, went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So from that verse, we can see Ruth as she picks up her five gallons of barley there, goes into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Right after it says, Ruth went into the city, it says her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. Why does it say that? After she went into the city, her mother-in-law saw it because Naomi was out there looking for Ruth. She was looking for her. She was on the lookout. For Ruth, and Ruth knew that, which is why Ruth was so excited to be able to tell her what happened. And we could just picture the look on Naomi's face when she sees this five gallons of barley that Ruth has collected all that day. And she's so excited, and Ruth's excited. She looks on Naomi's face and of this anticipation, and, 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 and that just kept, just like James said, that keeps me going day by day. That's what kept Ruth going all throughout the day, was looking forward to the time when she would set those five gallons of barley right in front of her, and she would say, look, Naomi, look. And Ruth was just living in this anticipation of being able to say that to her. And that's a picture that speaks to us, because that's our goal. We live in anticipation of finishing our work on earth and being able to say to the Lord Jesus Christ, look, Lord, look. Just like Ruth, she looked forward to, to, to when she was going to offer that to Naomi and she came home. We look forward to what we're going to offer to the Lord Jesus Christ when we go home to heaven. And in that last phrase in verse 18, it's so telling about Ruth because it says, and she gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. What, what that's telling us is that during the day when she enjoyed that delicious lunch of the parched corn, that Ruth, she just says, oh, wait a minute, I can't enjoy it. I gotta take some of this. And so she takes some of it, wraps it up, that she's gonna give to Naomi at the end of the day. And all during the day, she's thinking, Naomi's gonna be so happy when I give her this, this delicious lunch that I packed away for. So again, we can see Ruth in verse 18, as she's saying, I'm gonna say to Naomi, Naomi, you will not believe how delicious this parched corn lunch was today. As a matter of fact, here it is. And she would give it to her. So we can see Ruth, when she's eating that in the lunch, she's saying, Naomi would just love some of this. She would just love, I'm gonna wrap it up. What does that all show us? What it shows us is it shows how Ruth lived in anticipation of seeing Naomi that night. And that's a picture of how we should be living in anticipation of seeing the Lord. The second coming of Christ is such a great emphasis in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, every book, in the New Testament has a reference to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, except for the book of Philemon and Third John. The subject of the second coming is far more emphasized than the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ because it's, for us it's in a point of anticipation. It's living our lives in anticipation of seeing the Lord when he comes back the second time. But this reunion, this night between Ruth and Naomi, it was so special, it was so happy. And from verse 19, who spoke first? It was Naomi. Her mother-in-law said unto her, where hast thou gleaned today? Where wroughtest thou? She could, Naomi could not contain herself. She immediately asked Ruth, where did you get all of that barley? Naomi just had to know. 
But what's amazing about what Naomi said is that before she even got an answer from Ruth, it says in verse 19, and her mother-in-law said unto her, where hast thou gleaned today? Where wroughtest thou? Then she goes right away before she even gets an answer. Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. See, before Naomi gives Ruth even a chance to answer, she springs, Naomi just springs into this immediate blessing on the person in verse nine. Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. At this point, Naomi has no idea where Ruth has gleaned. But Naomi now, what we see, she doesn't know who was so kind to Ruth, but she prays this blessing on the person, even though Naomi didn't know who she was praying for. God knew. And Naomi's blessing fell right on the head of Boaz. And the fact that she would pray a blessing on the head of a person she didn't even know, she didn't even know, it shows how Naomi is convinced that God had ultimately blessed them that day. What, you know, this, in the Bible, this is one of the most dramatic changes in a person, in Naomi here. She is emerging out of depression. She is emerging out to the point where she's now beginning to have for her life verse, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The last, Psalm 23, 6, Psalm 23, 6. She's beginning to become a person who's now looking on life and saying, she's not saying, call me Mara because I'm bitter because of how the Lord's hand has been against me. No, no, no. Now she's saying, oh, she's saying, you know, I'm looking at life, I'm saying goodness and mercy, that's what describes my life, goodness and mercy. I see goodness here, I see goodness there. I don't deserve the goodness here, I don't deserve the goodness there. It's mercy here, it's mercy there. That's how I see my life. That's a change. And when we see how Ruth is finally able to show Naomi who the man was that was so kind to her, it says in verse 19, she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And now we can really see Naomi taking it all in and she's saying to herself, Boaz, Boaz, it was Boaz? Then all this is starting to set in her. We can see it, see Boaz percolate down through Naomi's mind. She's refining her prayer now in verse 20. And she said, blessed be he of the Lord. And then she remembers how Boaz was so kind to her husband, who's now dead. And so Naomi says that Boaz did not leave off his kindness to the dead, meaning her husband when he was alive. And what Boaz is referring to, we don't know. But it was some sort of a kindness that Boaz had shown to her husband, Eli Melech, when he was alive. And then Naomi says that now that Boaz has another chance to show kindness, he's done it again. Boaz has done it again to Ruth, and he calls Ruth the living. He says, had not left off his kindness to the living. And then it dawns on Naomi, oh, Boaz is near of kin. He's a kinsman redeemer. He's a goel. And she tells Ruth that in the end of verse 20. It's interesting to watch all these thoughts that come into Naomi's mind about Boaz. She thinks, oh, he showed kindness to her deceased husband. Oh, he's showing kindness now to Ruth. And she's musing all, and she's musing. These thoughts are inside of her. And, she's, and it reminds us of what King David said in, in Psalm 39.3. Psalm 39.3, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. That's a picture of Naomi here. She's thinking all these thoughts, and the fire is burning. 
I love to sit and watch a fire. Don't you like to watch a fire with a little bit of breeze? You know, it flickers this way and it burns. You know, the fire will flicker to the right and then it'll flicker to the left and then it just burns straight up. You know, that's a picture of Naomi here, what she's doing. Naomi is thinking of Boaz in the past with her husband, and that's the fire flickering to the right. And then Naomi thinks about Boaz and how she's been kind to Ruth, and that's the fire flickering to the left. And then she thinks of just how good the Lord is to her, and that's just Bo- uh, through Boaz, and that's the fire just going straight up. But what's so good to see here about Naomi is how she's changing. This hard heart is melting. She was pretty hard-hearted. In chapter one, she was like a frozen ice cube. But, you know, when she was saying, go back to your gods and, oh, you know, you don't want to be with me. God is all against me. But now Naomi's thawing out and she's melting under the heat of God's goodness and mercy. Would you like to have been with Ruth and Naomi that night? I would like to have been there when they said goodnight to each other. I mean, can't you just picture Naomi saying to Ruth, you know, that night, goodnight, my daughter. And that was music to her ears. And Ruth says to Naomi, good night, my mother. And you really think they just fell asleep? I don't think so. Then each of them just lying there in their beds, they're too excited to sleep because they're so glad for what happened that day. They're just lying there in bed. They're so glad. And they're just like what David described in Psalm 4, Psalm 4, 4, when he said, commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still and then he said in Psalm 4, 7, Psalm 4, 7, thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I mean, just, look, just, just picture the looks on their faces as they're lying there in the beds. You know, just see the looks on Ruth's face and Naomi's face as they're just lying there silent in their beds with this just look of calm assurance. There's a peace that comes from knowing that God has, that what God did that day through Boaz, that God has spread his wings over them and they just feel safe now. But there's something else that Ruth has told Naomi as at the end of verse 21, where it says, and Ruth the Moabite said, he said also unto me, thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Harvest. Ruth told Naomi that she was to continue gleaning until the harvest. That's actually referring to the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. Those were Boaz's harvests. Have you ever thought of how God has a harvest also? God's harvest is from us. It's from Christians. And just as Boaz went out for his harvest, God goes out for his harvest among Christians And what God harvests from us and from Christians is thanksgiving. God harvests the thanksgivings we give to him. And if we just picture in our minds God going out with a basket to collect his basket of harvests, his basket of thanksgivings from us, that leads us to ask the question, what's God able to harvest from us? What thanksgivings are we giving to God that he can put in his harvest basket? I mean, we're called on to give thanks to God. It says in 1 Chronicles 16, 28, 1 Chronicles 16, 28, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering, come before him, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 
And Psalm 29, 2, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. See, is God able to harvest from us our praise for who he is? Or are we just too wrapped up in ourselves to take time to notice who God is and praise him? Is God able to harvest from us our thanks? As it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Or are we just too occupied with our own problems to have time to thank and stop and be thankful? Is God able to harvest from us our worship? Or are we too busy admiring this star and that singer to worship God? What does God's harvest basket look like when he comes to us for a harvest of praise, a harvest of thanksgiving, a harvest of worship? When he comes to us, does God leave with a harvest basket that's empty or full? And harvest time is a wonderful time. It is a time to be thankful. I don't know about you. When you go and you pick fruit off of trees and vegetables from the ground, that's a time to stop and thank God. You know, when I was growing up, I was always forced to say these Hebrew prayers, so immediately, as soon as I got out of home, I consciously forgot them. But there was one prayer, there's one Hebrew prayer that we recited when we ate bread. It has a phrase in it. It has a really amazing phrase in it, an amazing statement. The prayer, you know, you, before you eat bread, it, it's Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Chamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz. It means, blessed art thou, King God, God, the, our God's King of the universe. And then it says, that brought forth bread. And then comes this really amazing statement, mean haaretz, which means from the ground. I mean, hamotzi lecha mean haaretz, that brought bread from the ground. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mean haaretz, from the ground. From the dirt, bread from the ground, bread from the dirt, bread from the dust. That's amazing. Who brings bread from the dirt? Only God. And it's not just bread from the dirt, but that delicious fruit and that wonderful spectrum of all those flavorful vegetables and herbs. I know. <laughs> it's everything is mean haaretz. Harvest time is a trigger time for us to thank God for Min Haaretz. We should be singing to how, how great God is because of Min Haaretz. We eat what comes out of the dirt. That's humbling to think that we eat what comes from the dirt. It doesn't grow on the produce shelves of Vons. <laughs> it's Min Haaretz, you know. They should have that a sign over the Vons Produce Department. Min Haaretz came from the dirt. The New York State came from the cow, and the cow ate the grass. That mean haaretz came from the dirt. It didn't come from Ruth Chris. You know, it came, it came from the dirt. God wants that fact that he brought our food to come mean haaretz from the dirt, to sink into us, to humble us, to show us how we are creatures of dependence. We are creatures of dependence on, on him, which is why he made Israel to eat manna, that fell from the skies to humble them. He said in Deuteronomy 8.2, he says, and thou shalt remember all the way that the, the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man did not live by bread alone 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Moses said to Israel in Exodus 16.4, Exodus 16.4, then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, and I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. When it says, behold, I will rain bread from heaven, the Hebrew reads, Lechem min hashemayim. The word for earth is aretz. The word for sky is shemayim. So in this verse, God's saying lechem min hashemayim. He's saying bread from the sky. Today, it's bread from the ground. Today, it's min haaretz. But for 40 years, it was bread from the sky. It was min hashemayim. How great is God? And Naomi's starting to see this now. And there's this transformation in Naomi from an unthankful person to a thankful person. How do you do that? How do you transform from an unthankful person to a thankful person? How do you do that? Glad you asked. God's glad you asked. Because he put a psalm in the Psalms for us just to give us an instruction manual, an instruction how to do that. Please turn, Psalm 103. This is a psalm, Psalm 103. It's like a song of praise that's unparalleled in its instruction for how to become thankful. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the the eagles. This psalm is an instruction manual for how to become thankful. What's remarkable about this psalm is that you really see David stirring up his soul here. He's gonna stir up his soul to think about the goodness of God and to give thanks. There's no complaint in this psalm. He's not expressing any sorrow in this psalm. There's no selfishness in this psalm. It's just a process of going from being unthankful to thankful. It's just a process of becoming stirred up to be thankful. But then he were told, it says in verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. What does that mean? What does that mean, forget not all the benefits? Well, uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I love to shop at the grocery store. Usually on Sunday afternoon, that's a... I love to shop at the grocery store. You know what the grocery store is for me? It's like a treasure hunt. I go, I, go, I look for something new. I'm looking, you know, searching, you know, especially produce. You know, look out, ladies. I'll push you out to the side. I'm going to squeeze those tomatoes too. You know, <laughs> that's it's, it's finding the best. You know, then comes the checkout stand. That's an intense time for me. Don't talk to me when I'm at the checkout stand. I look at each item, and sometimes I look at that item and I wonder what fool bought that. You know. <laughs> But I'm sitting there, I'm staring at it, and I'm looking at each item and each number, watching the screen, you know, as it flashes up there, and I'm thinking about each item. You know what that process is? That's a process of itemization. Itemization. What am I doing about it? For one thing, I'm thinking, I hate to get, have you ever done this? I hate to get home and say, I forgot to buy that. It was there, right there at the place. I forgot. No, I don't like to do that. As a matter of fact, I have now on my, uh, my iPhone a list for each grocery store where things just don't forget. You know, when I'm staying in the store, I go like this and make sure. So, because that's a real problem to forget something. So I go through the exercise of 
forget not all the items. But it's an itemization. It's an itemization. And when it says in verse 2, forget not all his benefits, it's calling us to remember all of God's benefits to us. Now, why do we have to do that, forgetting all of his benefits? Because we forget. We have a problem. We have a disease called forgetfulness. That's our problem. We just tend to overlook the mean ha'aretz, you know, that God makes food to come out of the dirt. So David challenges us to itemize. Itemize each of God's benefits and don't forget them. And when we do itemize each benefit and give thanks for them, then we give God thanks for him to put in his harvest basket. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God, and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Do you believe God created the earth? Do you believe God created you in his image? Then come celebrate Museum Day at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California on Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Museum Day is a Christian family festival event with life-size dinosaurs, games, rides, contest prizes, fair food, vendor booths, petting zoos, live animal encounters, and super science experiments for kids, along with world-renowned speakers Tom Cantor, Eric Hoven, David Reeves, Russ Miller, Kevin Conover, Dr. John Baumgartner, and more. Free admission to the museum and all speaking engagements for you and your family and entire church family are free. The Creation and Earth History Museum is located off of Highway 67 and Woodside Avenue in Santee next to the Santee Drive-In. So bring your family and friends on Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and strengthen your faith at Museum Day. For more information, call us at 619-599-1104 or creationsd.org, creationsd.org.